When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live your own way in the powerful Isuzu D-Max. Visit your local Isuzu new dealer today. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Mark Duffield. I'd like to think that we've played some exciting cricket as well. I think we really reflect on what we've been able to achieve and um, the way that we've gone about our work and you know, we'll let others talk about the, the work that we've done and at the moment we've, you know, we've qualified on the top position of the World Test Championship final so we'd like to think that we bring a lot to the table as a team and the way that we go about it. Um, one thing I will say about basketball is that probably the underrated factor um, in looking at their team is their bowling has improved significantly over that period of time as well so whilst there's been a lot of focus onto the batting unit and how they've gone and how they've expressed themselves there's also been a bowling unit that's been really productive um, and their strike rates have gone down by about 10 balls per wicket and things like that and Joe Leach has had a, um, has a, had a big say within that as well. That is Australia cricket head coach Andrew McDonald who loves to use the term content to refer to what we refer to as cricket. But he's talking about the upcoming Test Cricket Championship, of course, to be played at Lords between the Australians and the Indians and then the Ashes to follow on uh, after that with Basball, uh, of course, with Brendan McCullum leading the English in a completely different way to the way we've seen Test Cricket played in the past. To talk about the Test Cricket Championship first and then the Ashes is ESPN Crick Info's Tristan Lavaletti joins us on the show. Tristan, welcome. Morning, Duff. How's it going? I'm very well, thank you, mate. It's a bit wintry today here, but uh, I'm inside in the dry, so that's okay by me. Um, the Test Cricket Championship, is it a big deal or not? Oh, it's it's very, very convoluted system. So I think unless you're some kind of math, mathematical genius, it's very difficult to kind of work out how the teams actually got there, to be frank. But, look, it is a nice little snapshot, I suppose, of who has been the, the best team of the last couple of years and Australia have certainly uh, eyed this um, making the final since they, they missed the first uh, final a couple of years ago the one where uh, New Zealand famously beat India but it's a very strange system I mean people who think the AFL uh, draw is convoluted they need to uh, look at the World Test Championship because teams uh, play each other very uh, sort of I mean some, some series are five matches some are two uh, India and Pakistan, of course, don't even play each other due to political differences. So it's all a bit of a, a mishmash and very hard to work out unless you're uh, somehow a, uh, involved in the, the, the fixturing of it all. But, um, but look, there's still some prestige to be, to be crowned world championship. It's it, world champions. It's the best system. They've gone test cricket. It's very difficult to have essentially a, a test world cup just given the how long test cricket takes to, to be played and cricket so cramped now the calendar with so many T20 leagues that it's almost impossible to, to kind of uh, fixture something um, that resembles a World Test Championship. Uh, and two years is about the longest time frame you'd want for it. So, 
Well, there's still some prestige. This is certainly um, one of the three things that's on Australian cricket's, uh, I guess, bucket list right now to essentially to find this, this era under uh, Pat Cummins and, and coach Andrew McDonald. Uh, they obviously lost the, the first thing they wanted in, in India. Um, they've got the World Test Championship final and, of course, the Ashes. So, look, I think uh, two out of three won't be too bad if they can get it. Are the best two teams playing? Oh, I think so. I mean, obviously England's got claims right now and they've been incredible the last 12 months under uh, McCallum and, and Ben Stokes. But if you look at, look broader over the last sort of two years, then, yeah, I think Australia and, and India are the two best teams. And it'll be fascinating to see them play in neutral conditions. Of course, we saw in India earlier this year, the, the pitches were, of course, very uh, one-sided in terms of uh, the way they were prepared, in terms of being rampant, uh, spinners, which Australia eventually uh, sort of got used to uh, towards the back end of the series. And of course, if you want a test match, so um, and we've seen the Indians come to Australia and actually they've done pretty well to be, to be fair, the last couple of series, but historically they've, they've struggled um, when it's been fast and bouncy, but now we see it in neutral conditions, the first test match between the, the countries um, in a neutral setting. So it's going to be fascinating to, to see how, how it unfolds and, uh, the teams know each other very well, but of course, um, in in foreign conditions, it's going to be exciting to see. And it's been a, a strange build-up because the last two months, April, May, is basically when the cricket world shuts down and the IPL takes centre stage. So, of course, uh, most of the Indian players took part in that. A few Australians did too. So the preparation has gone from pretty much T20 cricket to, to test cricket. So that's going to be interesting to see how the the sort of teams and the players can, can go from, from that format to, of course, five-day cricket. Do you have any gauge on the public interest in this in England? Like, are we, is this going to be played out in front of full stadiums at Lords, or, or is it at Lords, or is it um, at... Uh, uh, it's at the Oval. At the Oval. So is it going to be played out in a full stadium at the Oval, or is it going to be played out in front of half full stadiums with barely um, any interest from, from local people in England and will people go from Australia to England and from India to England to watch their team play? Well, I think very fortunately uh, for the, the organisers that uh, India is part of it because uh, every time India play, they, they usually draw a pretty good crowd. Um, and there's of course a pretty big uh, expat um, Indian uh, population in the UK. So I think, uh, I think ticket sales are pretty, pretty strong actually. So, I think there will be a pretty decent crowd, but I don't know how much interest there is in terms of uh, local uh, interest in the UK. I mean, cricket itself is, isn't quite as uh, has doesn't quite have as big a standing as it does here in in Australia, actually. So um, I think the the focus will certainly be on the Ashes. So anything in the lead up uh, to the Ashes will, will basically be uh, about what's ahead. So. Even England are playing tomorrow against Ireland, a four-day four test match. So that's also been seen as a bit of, bit of a warm-up for the Ashes. And even this World Cup, uh, World Test Championship final, uh, in, in some ways, is seen as a little bit of a warm-up to the Ashes, to be honest, because that's uh, a much bigger thing in terms of, uh, certainly in terms of in England. So, uh, look, I, I don't think there's going to be a huge amount of interest, uh, perhaps, for the, the wider public, but in terms of narratives and, and storylines heading into the Ashes. I mean, the Ashes starts just five days after the, the final, incredibly. So 
I think there will be uh, interest to see how the Australian players go. Fascinated by all the writings about David Warner in the lead into this series. It's almost like there's been a lot of justification as to why he has to continue to play and why he has to continue to get opportunities at the top of the order. You take out that double hundred, he hasn't done much for a couple of years, has he? Like, Why is this there this obsession that David Warner has to somehow stay in the test cricket team for at least the test cricket championship and possibly the first two Ashes tests? Well, you know my thoughts on it. I think I said on this program about six months ago that he should have uh, walked away after the, the third test in Sydney. I think that would have been a, a perfect farewell for him. But he certainly subscribed to the old uh, Mark War theory of he'll just keep playing until he gets dropped. So Warner is certainly not going to walk, walk away uh, from it. But I, I think it sort of shows that the selectors don't have much faith in what's behind him. I mean, Marcus Harris has been, uh, I guess he's, he's sort of seen as the preferred backup, but I mean, he struggled in test cricket and the opportunities he's been given. Uh, they've got Matthew Renshaw in the squad who struggled in India. Uh, he, he sort of played down the order a little bit, but uh, they didn't select Cameron Bancroft, who was the, the leading run scorer in the, the Shield last summer. So they don't have much confidence uh, below... I suppose Warner and, and Kawaja and Warner's record in the UK has been very ordinary. Uh, he struggles against the, the Duke swinging ball. Stuart Broad has had his number over the years. Uh, Warner hasn't done much at all the last two or three years in test cricket. So he seems to be just playing in reputation. Um, and uh, it just seems like in, in terms of using sort of a footy analogy that they're going to just uh, it's sort of heading into the finals and they're just going to uh, ride with their, their sort of main player, um, back them in, whether in form or not, just based on standing and reputation. So uh, I think Warner, uh, in terms of Australian cricket, they, they, they view this as basically uh, the, the final series, a grand final, the World Test Championship final in the Ashes. So in some ways, this feels like maybe the end of an era for Australian cricket. And they're just going to back him in, I think, even though I don't, I don't believe he deserves it. But uh, they'll back him in. And then probably uh, to start the Australian summer, you'll see a, a new opening batter um, and perhaps a little bit of a, a new era for Australian cricket. But at the moment, they're sort of going down with David Warner. I find it just a breathtaking lack of imagination. And i put the question to you. What more could Cameron Bancroft have done to at least get a spot on the Ashes tour and hopefully in the test team. It was really bizarre. I mean, he was clearly the best uh, batter in the Sheffield Shield. Uh, had, I think, four hundreds. He faced, I think it was around 400 more deliveries than anyone else. Uh, he's played test cricket, of course, previously. His last test match was in the Ashes in 2019. I think he's a far better batter um, these days. He's added more shots, more fluency. He had a very good uh, BBL campaign. One wonders if some of the comments he's made post-sandpaper uh, scandal has maybe um, haunted him a, a little bit. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, he, he sort of a couple of years ago made a, some comments in the UK uh, sort of uh, suggesting that the, the bowlers knew what was going on that fateful day. Um, so I, I don't know if He's paying the price for that. Um, but in terms of just on-field performance, he certainly should be at least on the tour. Yeah, and the notion that the bowlers didn't know about what was going on with the ball, I mean, people can believe that if they want to, but I'll believe what I want to, and it's 
certainly more in keeping with what Cameron Bancroft alluded to than uh, the, than what others would say. Um, staying on Bancroft, he will be playing BBL for the Sydney Thunder. Yeah, I mean the uh, Scorchers couldn't keep uh, can't keep everyone. I mean they had an incredible season last year and um, basically built on depth, and they had so many players out uh, the last two seasons really. Um, so, look, I mean, obviously they just can't keep everyone in the books, but I'm pretty sure the Scorchers will no doubt start the, the season uh, as, as favourites and they've never actually won three in a row. So I don't think it's ever, it's ever been done, actually, in the BBL competition. So um, I'm pretty sure they'll make up for that abs- absence. I was fascinated that he was the one they had to lose, though. And I'm, I'm sure that and the Thunder would have come with a lot of money, but we sort of bring in some imports and some come off and some don't. Why not just keep a bloke who's a local who's proven to be a very good player in the uh, format? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a um, surprising decision. I mean, the Scorchers and WA Cricket have traditionally always built from their local core and, and that's their identity. So it's, um, I, I suppose it's just in the end of the day finances um, that, made him move and he obviously got an extremely good offer um, that he couldn't refuse but yeah traditionally the, the Scorchers their success has been built on, on a local um, identity local core of players who have played together since uh, since they're probably kids and and that has um, that sort of chemistry within the squad has really um, been the core of their success and uh, sort of a counterpoint to other teams like the high the flashy Melbourne Stars, for instance, who always get uh, the big name players that have never uh, won won a title. So, um, yeah, a little bit of a new look team next season. But like I said, uh, I'd be uh, still putting my money on the Scorchers to go all the way. Cameron Green had an impressive finish to the IPL for the Mumbai Indians. What are you expecting from him in the Test Cricket Championship and the Ashes after that? Yeah, there was a little bit of a, I think a bit of concern from some of the Australian uh hierarchy and fans when he got a bit of a, a copped a bit of a blow in, in the IPL um, but uh, he, he's fine and he scored a century uh, late in the IPL campaign so look I mean he's just absolute uh, superstar and it's going to be uh, really intriguing to see how he goes in the ashes and uh, the biggest of stages really for, for test cricket he was extremely impressive late in the India series Australia really missed him in the early part of the series, you can tell how how much he, how valuable he was for the team. Just the, the balance he provides, and I mean, he's such a uh, impressive uh, batsman as well. Just his ability to not just play shots when required, but he can really dig in as well. And he plays himself in and so calm for someone who's who's so young. And of course, his bowling. I mean, he can get up there over 140 k's, and he's just very accurate. And I think he's going to really enjoy the English conditions and with the the way the England uh, players are applying in, in terms of counter-attacking, I think he's going to get some wickets and he's going to get a lot of opportunities to, to make an impact. So I think um, in terms of... He's probably not a, a global cricket star yet. He's, he's just starting to make his name uh, with the IPL and obviously what he did in the, the Australian summer. But I think by the end of the Ashes, uh, he, he's going to become a... A, a true global superstar, and perhaps he, he might be the the difference in in the, the result of the series. 
Yeah, fingers crossed that happens. Uh, he's a great talent. Is baseball going to work in English conditions against an Australian attack? We saw it work in Pakistan in very thin atmospheric yeah. conditions on roads. Um, will it work on wickets that are doing a bit? Well, they, they're trying to make the wickets not do as much, which is interesting <laughs> because... <laughs> More pitch doctoring, that's all we need. <laughs> yeah, we love that. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting because the Australian batsmen have really struggled over the years in the UK, so it's kind of interesting that they, they want to maybe uh, sort of sedate the pitches a little bit, but it's actually been to their advantage to, to spice it up in terms of uh, how they've had a control over the Australian batters over the years. But And they want to bring in the, the boundaries a little bit, not that it probably makes a difference because some of the their batters can really... Uh, it doesn't really matter how long the, the boundaries are. But no, this will be the ultimate test because the Australian attack, of course, uh, is just start to attack. And uh, we know the how good the Australian uh, quicks are and, and Nathan Lyon of course as well I think they're going to go after him but he's uh, he always has the last laugh so um, well, it's going to be fascinating look I'm, I'm not sure what's going to happen but I think uh, England will certainly back their, their instincts I mean they, they've done that successfully for 12 months they've won 10 out of 12 test matches with their last test match they lost was by one run so they've done nothing wrong it's going to be fascinating to see if it works I have a feeling that it will probably work occasionally and other matches it will backfire spectacularly. I think you'll see results every test match. I've got a feeling it will be 3-2. I'm not sure which way it's going to go. Um, but I think uh, I think they'll certainly back it in. And, um, yeah, I, I'm really just fascinated to see the results. And you can't uh, sort of pick a better bowling attack to, to really take that uh, their, bowl, their batting attack on. So it's going to be fascinating to see the results, but I'm predicting 3-2. I'm going to... Um, I think it could go either way. So that's... Uh, it's going to be one of the great Ashes series, I think. I'm not sure. Uh, usually in the UK, the, the series are very competitive. Unlike in Australia, we've had a lot of dud series, but I think this is going to be an epic series. Yeah, fingers crossed you're right. Meg Lanning, Tristan, will we see her again? I hope so. It's uh, obviously concerning uh, latest reports. Um, not exactly sure uh, what's what's up with her at the moment, but obviously she needs a bit of time time away from cricket. She's an absolute legend of the game and uh, just so important to the fabric of the Australian team and the success they've had over the years. So um, let's just hope she, she comes back. And I mean, if not, then obviously uh, she's had enough of, of the game, but she's been... Uh, yeah, just obviously the, the key figure of this incredible success for the Australian women's team, who are probably uh, arguably the, the best sports team we've we've probably produced. Um, so, yeah, fingers crossed she's back. Yeah, I agree. One of my favourite players, Meg, and an absolutely integral to the popularisation of women's cricket and uh, bringing it into the mainstream and into the spotlight in Australian sport, which has been a, a fantastic achievement to everyone involved. Tristan, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, we look forward to seeing what happens in that uh, Test Match Championship and we look forward to uh, talking to you more about the Ashes in the follow-up to that. Thanks, Darth. Speak soon. Have a good day. Tristan Lavalette, he works for ESPN Crick Info. Uh, you can follow his stuff on the Ashes and the Test Cricket Championship uh, on, in that, on that forum. Uh, we'll take a break and be back with more after the break.
Live your own way in the powerful Isuzu D-Max. Visit your local Isuzu Ute dealer today. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Mark Duffield.